Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. We've got a bunch of things to get to for you guys today, including our interview with former SMU defensive lineman Zach Abercrombia. He caught up with us to talk about his draft process as somebody that is really impacted, I think, by not having his own pro day at SMU having to really push to get his name out there to NFL teams after really a nice career at at Rice and then finishing with some good tape at SMU. So we caught up with Zach. We'll do that later on in the podcast to let you guys uh, hear from him as he gets ready for the NFL draft and and to see if he can land as probably a late round, but more likely than not undrafted free agent. But just kind of taking you through his mindset over the course of this process. And then we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting on SMU side of things. Some players drop some top lists. Uh, some prospects are getting closer to committing. And then uh, also I want to share with you guys that, look, we had SMU quarterback Terrence Gibson talk with us about how his offseason is going. Uh, shout out to SMU for making uh, for allowing us to, to talk with Terrence and, and catch up with him after his freshman season where he redshirted but did get some game action uh, on on the team, played well uh, in his limited time that he was out there on the field. But Terrence talked about all sorts of things from virtual meetings to how he's staying in shape uh, from his mindset uh, as a backup quarterback behind Shane Bouchelle and how really uh, the thing that stood out to me the most was, was his mindset with Shane Bouchelle at quarterback and how the SMU staff doesn't allow backups to to accept being a backup, and and that's something that stood out to me from from Terrence back when he was a recruit is is just how competitive he is, just how he never really stops working, and so he's taken that same mindset to the quarterback position at SMU and and trying to unseat Shane Bouchelle as a starting quarterback. So some good stuff from Terrence. If you're not a Pony Stampede subscriber, I really encourage you guys to go check out that read on Terrence. It's up on the site right now. And then uh, we had some other recruiting updates on the site. I've made uh, a couple new crystal ball picks since uh, we last talked on the podcast. And then we'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft as well. So let's jump into recruiting to start things off. And Kendrick Blackshear, the Duncanville linebacker, didn't include SMU in his top six. And for me, this isn't really a surprise. I think SMU was, was more of a a school that he was giving a a courtesy look to more than anything. He showed up on campus for a visit and, and look, you could say that he's one to monitor, I think over the course of the next year, just because he is so big. He is kind of in a way, someone that doesn't have a position set for college yet. So how will that affect his recruitment down the stretch? He also missed his junior year due to a, a torn ACL suffered right before the season and so will will the big school still be around I think so I think LSU Bama Oklahoma Texas A&M are kind of the front runners there Um, I thought there was a chance he could make 
SMU stay in his top six. But to be honest, I respect him not having them in there because he's somebody that's really valued, I think, the big school experience from the get-go. So Kendrick Blackshear, that's kind of the bad news right right out of the gate uh, for SMU when it comes down to, to recruiting. But I think there's a, a position where SMU is, is feeling better and better at times um, because, look, uh, there is uh, some momentum for SMU over the course of the next month and a half, really, I think, to uh, to step up and, and, and land a couple more commitments here as uh, the class sits at three, Preston Stone, Isaiah Kelly, and Monte Dawson, who jumped on board uh, a couple weeks back. Now, SMU at the cornerback position saw Lathan Adams commit elsewhere. He's headed to Colorado State. He's somebody I think you could monitor over the next you know season and see if SMU comes back around on. I know he was really high on SMU and, and certainly um, is one of the fastest players in the Dallas area, but is a little undersized. So I think for SMU, what they're looking for is, is certainly a junior college cornerback to come in, a transfer. Maybe they could get one late in the process here and address the position at, in that respect especially if the immediate eligibility rule for transfers passes in the NCAA. We've seen SMU in the past, like with Kedrick James, address a position that they maybe would have addressed in the recruiting class with a transfer. So for example, SMU didn't sign a tight end in the 2019 class, no, 2020 class, in part because they landed Kedrick James. So that roster spot that would have been a tight end. Maybe they would have had to reach on a tight end in that class. That went to Kedrick James. So I think with corner, if they can do that with a transfer, I think that's something they'd love to do uh, with that spot. But overall, they've got to land a really high-quality corner in this class out of the high school ranks because they're going to lose a lot in terms of the upperclassmen numbers on the roster. So Eric Sutton, Christian Davis, Kevin Johnson – all out the door. Brandon Stevens is out the door. And then you've got some of these younger guys that are going to be coming up in age. And so overall, they're going to need uh, a corner out of the high school ranks, maybe two, just because all you'll have is Brian Massey, who will probably be a redshirt freshman at that point as one of your young corners um, on the roster. So I think SMU, you'll start to see them pick up on the cornerback front offering uh, prospects, guys that they really felt like they f- feel good about um, and, and going all in on them. We saw SMU dish out an offer to Spring, Texas, Klein Collins, defensive back, Donald Lee, really long prospect, had some good testing numbers in terms of uh, the um, the long jump and the triple jump and things like that. Wasn't incredibly impressed with this 400 meter time, but hey, I mean, it's a long, long race to go all the way around, but still, I mean, it was pretty poor. So I, I do think they like his size there at the position. Another one they offered, Dwayne Lofton, a 5'10", 175-pound defensive back, wide receiver. They offered him as an athlete. He can play both sides of the ball. He's got some power five offers. He's been on campus twice. They must feel pretty good about him to enter the mix now uh, with him and, and go ahead and, and make the push. Um, Mississippi State holds a 24-7 sports crystal ball edge on Dwayne Lofton. But that offer went out this week. I really like the offer. I like Dwayne as a prospect. Uh, pretty familiar with his tape. Uh, I think it was a good offer by Kevin Kane, who jumped on the phone. And, and we'll have his reaction on the site as well um, on 
on on Wednesday afternoon as 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 you, as you guys are listening to this. Sorry, uh, I got a little tongue tied there. But Dwayne Lofton, uh, again, versatile athlete out of Fort Worth, so you know you're you're targeting a Dallas area prospect that has shown some interest by stepping up on campus uh, as of late. So. Um, I like those two offers that went out this week, and and we've already got Donald Lee's reaction to it. He's very much in the exploratory phase more than anything with SMU at this point, but a really good-looking prospect nonetheless. So that's kind of it on the recruiting front. As far as the NFL draft, that's coming on uh, Thursday night, uh, begins with the first round. I think really the wait for any SMU player, especially James Prochet, that's who most everybody will have the um, their eyes on it comes on day three on Saturday. Um, most major draft sites I see have him going in the fifth round, whether it be NFL.com or CBS Sports. The two teams from those uh, mock drafts right now have him going to the New York Giants pretty early in round five. And then Jacksonville is another team to watch uh, later on in round five as well. But I think James Prochet has really settled into that fifth round pick range, which would be really, really good. Um, but, you know, things change. I think this is a really, really deep class. It wouldn't shock me to see him land in the sixth round by any means. That's where uh, Draft Wire and Sporting News have him going to the LA Chargers and the Indianapolis Colts. I think, in terms of fits for James Prochet, I would really like to see him land. Uh, with the New York Giants, I think Daniel Jones is a really nice, bright, young quarterback. Uh, and then Russell Shepard is out the door there as well. So there's some turnover at wide receiver for the Giants that could um, that could be a positive for James Prochet. And, and, and there are certainly a lot of other fits out there for him. But um, I think as somebody who's a slot, that would be a pretty good fit for him uh, up in New York. And, and it'd be a big stage for James. So... Uh, I think his maturity would really stand out to the Giants in terms of how he could handle the big city. So I think he lands in the fifth round, maybe in the sixth, uh, but I think New York is a really, really solid option for him if that's where he ends up. Uh, But I think he's going to have a really solid chance to make any roster he lands on at this point. Um, But we'll be monitoring James. We're going to be monitoring a lot of these guys in the NFL draft as, as that gets going on Thursday night, we'll have all of your draft coverage and, and certainly be be watching it start to finish. And I'm excited to see how this thing goes virtually. It seems like it's going to be quite the uh, quite the uh, trip uh, down the road for these NFL teams. I mean, I'm watching SportsCenter right now recording this podcast, and one of the Eagles executives, Howie Roseman, is on the show, and he's got three computer screens, two tablets, and a Microsoft Surface, as well as uh, another laptop in front of them, and then two cell phones, and then a TV off in the distance. So what a ridiculous... Oh, he's got four screens now. I mean, it, it's absolutely going to be a wild how these guys are going to do these NFL drafts. And then the team actually has a, a backdrop set up for his post-draft interview already. So it's going to be quite a trip. Uh, as the NFL gets set for this virtual draft, which begins Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central, ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. All of that is going to be covered on Pony Stampede, whether it be Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. We're going to be chatting about it with you guys as it goes down. Now, on the other side of this break, we're going to bring in Zach Abercrombie, who's going to talk about his draft process and and certainly uh, how that's been going, and then also reflect a little bit on uh, the 
2019 season, his final one in his college career. So on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast, stick with us. We'll have Zach Abercrombie. But first, I want to highlight our 50% off annual subscriptions deal. This is a great time to jump on Pony Stampede. For less than $5 a month, you can subscribe to Pony Stampede for the whole year. So all the way through football season, all the way through next basketball season, you can be on Pony Stampede, and we're going to be bringing it even as we await uh, the timeline for college football season, for you know the dead period with recruiting to be lifted, all those things. We've been churning out plenty of content for you guys, including projected depth charts. We just dropped those this week, so check those out on Pony Stampede. But I do want to highlight that special, which runs through the NFL draft. Be sure to jump on it because it's not going to last any longer than that. So with that, we're going to hit this break on the Pony Stampede podcast. We're going to come back and go right into our interview with SMU defensive lineman and NFL draft prospect, Zach Abercrombie. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What uh, have you been doing during this tough time? I mean, obviously you, you didn't get a pro day. What, right. what, have you, what have you been doing to try and show NFL scouts and teams what what you've got to bring and, and just how you navigated this whole process. Right. So, um, I mean, early on, like, you know, January, February, beginning of March, uh, you know, I was doing this traditional training. Uh, you know, I, w- I would train a lot of SMU. Um, you know, I was working with a few guys who I felt I, I, who I trusted to help get me better. Um, and then of course, you know, mid March, you know, the, everything gets shut down, uh, for good reason and, and for safety reasons. And, um, you know, since then I've still been working out. Uh, I just had to modify my training. I, I do a lot more on the field stuff. Now, uh, I do a lot more conditioning, um, you know, seeing as how I don't have access to, you know, weight rooms as frequently as I, as I, you know, did. And so, uh, but I do try to still, you know, get under as much weight as I can. I, uh, you know, I take weights with me to, to the, uh, to the field that I work at, I take bands, jump ropes, you know, anything that I feel like kind of helped me uh, get the work that I need to get in that day. And so uh, I actually did recently make a video. Uh, I made a video on Thursday, um, not going through all of the combine or pro day uh, typical events, but kind of showing some areas that I was very confident in, as well as showing some uh me go through some defensive line drills and so uh the videographer that i had to come out and make that she should be done with it uh today uh after we talked 
Uh, so we wanted to have it done sometime this weekend so that I could start getting it out, uh, you know, early this week as, as soon as tomorrow or, you know, tonight if I, if I receive it tonight. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of what I, what I've been doing. How, how much have you relied upon somebody like Kaz to, to kind of go through workouts during this time or how much have you leaned on, uh, SMU or who are you leaning on right now during this process to kind of help navigate it uh, because it really is just so unprecedented. Right. Yeah, it's definitely unprecedented. And uh, I, I'm definitely leaning on uh, SMU. I mean, they've done everything they can to put me in the best position uh, in, in this process. Uh, I, I remained in contact with a bunch of, a bunch of people on this staff, uh, Kaz, but I really trained with uh, Coach Calais. Uh, he he kind of got me a uh, a regimen going and you know he was the one who kind of helped me work and progress um yes yeah, so I, I owe a lot of uh, credit to coach Kyle for, for his work with me over these past few months um and then more recently uh you know I've been getting on the field with some guys that I really trust some some former teammates uh at Skyline uh one of my teammates Victor Evans uh you know he played at uh Ole Miss and then uh went to the Redskins, I think, for training camp, and he just recently signed a CFL contract, and he also plays defensive line, so me and him go through defensive line drills, and then uh, another one of my good friends, Anthony Willer, who he played at uh, Texas, uh, you know, and he graduated last season, uh, last year, rather, and uh, me and him get out there, and we, you know, we we hit it, we work out kind of like when we were younger, you know, when we was coming up together at Skyline, so uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of who I've been leaning on, as well as my agent. Uh, I have my agent James Sims, who he's been. I've been working with him uh, uh, fairly recently, and uh, you know he's been he's been helping guide and navigate me through this process as well. What are you, what are you hearing from from any teams or feedback that you've gotten so far on on your game and and kind of what what you bring to the table? Uh, yeah, I, I've ta- I've spoke to a few teams. Uh, most recently with the uh, Broncos, and uh, just in talking to a scout, he he was congratulating me on a on a great college career. So I'm imagining he saw some of my stuff at Rice as well as my uh, season at SMU. Um, and uh, I mean, just talking to the scouts that I've, I've t- spoken to, and and kind of the feedback I got on my game. A lot of guys kind of envision me uh as a as a run stopper and I and I and I take that role on. Uh you know, I I embrace the role. Uh but I, I think an underserved portion of my game is my pass rush ability. Um when I was in high school, you know, I played a lot more uh three technique with, you know, just outside of guard as well as we you know, I got out on the, the edge some and that was something that I kinda got back to this year being at SMU at Rice. Uh, because of you know personnel issues or not issues, but just the personnel that we had, uh, you know, I, I had to embrace a role of playing like nose tackle, which was something that was not uh, firsthand to me, but I embraced it. Uh, I got better in the role, uh, and I, I did the role to the best that I that I could. So, uh, and I was proud of of the things that I accomplished in that role. So, um, so yeah, I, I I've been hearing. A, a lot about my, my my game with with stopping the run, but uh, I also want people to know that I could get after the the quarterback as well. What was this 2019 season for you like? Coming back home to play in Dallas, 
play in front of a lot of family and friends and, and right. how was the adjustment? Uh, it was surreal. You know, uh, it was one of those things that, um, I'll definitely remember for, for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I constantly, uh, reminisce about it, uh, as I've gone through this process, as I've talked to old teammates and things like that. So, um, it's definitely something that, uh, it was, is as a total experience. It was surreal. Um, I, my adjustment, uh, came as far as, uh, a lot of things changed for me this summer. You know, I, I graduated from Rice. I, I left Rice, came to SMU. You know, uh, I was getting ready to start uh, on a new football team, getting ready to start uh, chasing a new degree uh, in the, in their master's program. And uh, one of the biggest things that happened was, you know, the birth of my son. And so um, I, I the adjustment period for me, uh, it, it was it was constant. As soon as I get used to one thing, then I have to worry about the next and the next and the next. So it was, it was constantly adjusting for me. Um, but I think uh, overall I did a great job and, and my support system did a great job of, of backing me up and uh, allowing me to kind of focus on the things I need to focus on being, you know, school, football, and, you know, providing for my son. So just uh, grateful for that. Um, and, I mean, I, I was just, grateful to be a part of one of the historic seasons in SMU history and be around so many other great players and, and, and great people. What has your son meant to you as far as being a motivating factor as you get ready for the NFL and, and I'm sure over the, the, the final stages of your college career as well? Yes, sir. Um, you know, I've, I've never – been in, more in love with any individual on this earth than I am with my son. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, immediately when he was born, I mean, it, it was just like somebody took my heart out of my chest and put it in my hands. And, it was, you know, I was just that, uh, I was just, you know, that in love with my son, you know. And uh, so every day when I am able to get up and see his face before I go, uh, and do whatever I have to do that day and go and try to do what I have to do to, you know, support our family. Um, he just motivates me to, to go hard and, and do everything as best as I, I can and, and, you know, leave it all, leave it all out there, you know, because when I come home with him, I get his unconditional love, you know, uh, he, he doesn't worry about, you know, what, what I did this day or, any accolades I give with football or any, you know, other old opportunities. His his main thing is he wants me to, to come home to him. And, uh, you know, and I know my responsibility is to provide for him. So um, he's he just been every day just seeing him. It, it just it, it automatically just it gets you up and gets you ready to go and gets you focused on what you have to do. And lastly, for me, as you look ahead and, and watch SMU, I know you were only here a year, but, Right. You, grew, you grew up in Dallas, and of course, and cer- certainly are familiar with the program before all of this. Of course, what, what did this 2019 season mean? And then moving forward, what what are the expectations that you have for them going into 2020 and kind of beyond? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, this this 2019 season for me it, it, it meant so much. Um, you know, when I started my college career. Uh, you know, I wasn't blessed to go to, you know, a bunch of bowl games and, and uh, experience the team-level success that I was uh, craving, especially leaving a, a 
uh, high school like Skyline, who you know we we had very successful seasons, and so um, you know it was always a desire of mine to be a part of a, a great team and a great season. Um, you know because I know I had put in the work, I know my teammates had put in the work, and, and I just wanted to you know have that result on the field. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it done when I was at Rice, but that's what makes this season at SMU so special for me and and. Uh, I hold so dear to me is the fact that, you know, with all the changes that we had, uh, you know, this was the only Coach Dyke's second year there. So, you know, they they had only been with him for a year, as well as all of the guys that we brought in. Um, it was just incredible to see how well everyone meshed together, gelled together, did what they had to do to, to get the job done of, you know, winning games. And, and that's what we did. And uh, I, I, I hold them to the same next season they're returning uh so many talented guys both offensively and defensively uh you know they uh the coaches are are great and majority of them are still there and so you know you have that that rock solid foundation as well as the talent and so i i, I expect them to win 11 games 12 13 you know uh have definitely more than we won last year uh because i know how those guys work um, as well, you know, and, and specifically for the defensive line group, you know, we set the sack record last year. I expect them to break that and set a new one again this year. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Zach, and uh, best of luck. What are you going to do for, for draft draft nights? Are you are you going to kind of hang around with family, or are you just going to kind of wait for a oh, call? Right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna definitely just hang around with the family. Try. You know, I don't want. I, I'm I'm not the one to to sit and watch every pick. I will keep up to date with it because I, I want to congratulate different people and teammates that I know personally. Um, you know, when they get their name called and celebrate with them, so uh, I definitely will be uh, keeping up with it. I don't know if I will watch it, uh, but I definitely will be hanging out with the family and just kind of enjoying them. Well, enjoy it, and and like I said, thanks so much for doing this, and and we'll we'll stay in touch and and follow you wherever you uh, end up. Okay, yes, sir, definitely, I, and I appreciate your time.